my headset's probably screwed. Um, but yeah. Okay, so this, if any, I don't understand why this isn't where it keeps going. Like, <laughs> if anybody can hear what's going on right now, I'm gonna turn down the phone volume. So. This is what's going on at the moment. Welcome to the Covert Show, part one, take like whatever. Currently, if you can hear the rambunctiousness going on on the other line, which now we maybe lost him, JC is having phone issues and has been ha- We've been doing this for nonstop. Like, I, I just started recording, but we've been on a phone call for about 10 minutes, and this is how it's currently going for us. So we're going to see if we can catch a clip here. We'll probably end up deleting this at one point, but we'll try to figure this out. We're having to text back and forth on the whole entire conversation that's going on. Oh, boy. Well, I'm just going to have to say it. The meme lives on. I don't know if you're recording, but I this is not our strongest start. <laughs> this is not good for us. The Covert Show continues to have connection issues. If anybody's wondering like how this goes before we start the show, this is the podcast to start. <laughs> this is oh, the dumpster fire that ensues. Oh, my gosh. Well, this is the perks of not having a production team. So I think I'm to the point where I can like almost hear you. Like kind I mean I have my phone volume cranked to eleven. So if this headset works, you're gonna hear a loud scream. Can you hear me? Because this is as loud as I can get. Can you hear me at all? Like if I concentrate real hard. If you concentrate real hard. <laughs> I mean, I have to concentrate harder than I have in anything ever in my entire life. <laughs> oh my god! We just—we're—I hope we're recording this, man, because we may have the greatest comedy skit right out of a podcast. Wow! This, you know, <sighs> this is a sprint commercial. Can you hear me now? How about now? <laughs> and the plugging sparked. <laughs> and I think it may have killed the battery in the oven thing. Oh my gosh, bro. Also, my voice is bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, rip to those that are. Uh, <laughs> that are to this, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> That's funny. I got no tech. Score one connection issues. Well, you know, I don't know what we're doing here. I can hear you kind of. Can you hear me enough to keep the episode rolling? Just wait for the last 12 and a half minutes. Um, I don't have a beer in front of me because I've been trying to figure this out. So, you know, know, technology's great until it's not. It's like watching hockey right now. It's, It's good until it's not. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I don't even know where to begin on this. Oh, we're just... like this is going to come out. It's going to be you talking a lot of smack on your end. Because you're like, <laughs> you can't hear me anyway, so... Oh, well, he really doesn't know, and if he can hear me right now, I have my volume on the podcast board cranked to the top that it can go. I've got my headphones down, so I'm not screaming into everybody's ear for this. So we're this is going to be an editing nightmare on just the, the end of... How is this going to go on how my volume sounds? But two, 
we need to figure out what we're going to start with here. If he can still hear me. Wait. All right. Well, I think you're recording. I am I recording. We're, we're, we are winging this. Like I, I've never winged a podcast <laughs> like this in my whole life. You know, for those who listen to the podcast, I can't help but not doing this in the void. Um, for those that listen to this podcast, let me tell you. You know, you know, we're pretty. You know, fly by the seat of the pants podcast. But this is a whole other level because I'm guessing where to come in right now. <laughs> Kind of, kind of. And if you have my volume cranked up, like I said, oh, I feel bad for you because it probably doesn't sound good. But I haven't got a text, so I'm apparently I'm, I'm winging it pretty good right now. But you know, we gotta just rock and roll with football. You know, I I can't wait to hear how this turns out. By the way, for those wondering and those keeping score at home, it's episode number seventy four. And if uh, if I'm if I am projecting into the void, you better be texting me because I don't want to sit here and project into the void all my <sighs> all my thoughts and opinions on the various sporting things. But here we go, episode number. What did I just say? Seventy four. Last time we did a combo episode, which I mean, the way this goes, Nick's gonna have an editing nightmare with this. So. <laughs> I just cracked the can, and we are rolling. All right, we are rolling. It's official. I just got the text. This is going to be an edit nightmare for Nick. And for that, you know, we do apologize. Tough sledding. Uh, wow. Episode 74. Our last two episodes have been kind of jank. Not going to lie to you. 73, we did a combo episode, which is fine. My voice wasn't good for that one either, but this one, you know, we're trying to do it together. We're winging it, and by we, I mean me. <laughs> he can hear me. Uh, I feel like I'm doing a monologue right now. I feel like I'm just uh, like a, a Saturday Night Live open here. This- uh, speaking of Saturday Night, how about football last week? We talked about it, but the Raiders Thursday night put an absolute lacking. I mean an absolute pounding excuse me. That's gonna happen a lot in this episode. Uh Raiders put up sixty-three against the Chargers. Yikes, both teams aren't very good, let's be honest. Or at least, you know, you boy that's winging the NFL discussion here. Uh, they're not very good. They go to the Saturday games because live here in beautiful Iowa, it's whatever day of the week we got here. Wednesday, it's Wednesday Night Live. <laughs> it's Wednesday uh, Night Nick, Live, baby. It's going to be having a field day with this <laughs> right now. Uh, Colts beat the Steelers, actually run through the Steelers 30-13. to Broncos get smacked by Detroit. Detroit's good, apparently. Uh, yeah, and then you get to Sunday. Hopefully Nick hasn't tried to interject. Oh, yeah, apparently I am doing a monologue right now. <laughs> Reading these texts while doing this episode has been just nothing short of electric. Anyway, i got to get my ideas out of the way here. Those are the texts. <laughs> Seven, two teams that aren't relevant. Browns beat the Bears. The, the Browns have won nine games, but let's be honest, you should bury them if you're good. 
Are the Browns good? Maybe. Uh, Buccaneers beat the Packers. It's nice to see a Packers team suck. The Dolphins bury the Jets. The Jets aren't good. Neither are the Giants who got smoked by the Saints. Texans win in overtime. They're eight and six in a very weird AFC South. Other winners, Chiefs, 49ers, destroy Arizona. What else is new? Rams, well, excuse me. Yikes. I don't know how much this mic picks up there. Uh, Bills run through Dallas. It seems like every year there's that one game where Dallas just forgets to play football. Ravens are still good. They win on uh, Sunday night. And the Seahawks surprise the Eagles 20-17. to So, there you go. There's the scores of the week. Uh, you know, the big winners, obviously 63 in a game. you got to tip your cap to the Raiders. Uh, and the Dolphins, probably your two big winners of the weekend. Dolphins smack a division opponent 30 to nothing. So, there you go. Two of the big winners of the week for the NFL. Well, if he if he's going to take a sec, I'll jump in here. <laughs> I got to type this out for him. <laughs> he can't hear me still. Okay. So let's see if he responds to this cuz like we said that we are flying by the seat of our freaking pants on this episode. And I love it. What else would be more fun to close? I mean, yeah, that's that's what I was going for. The long pause was not me collecting my thoughts. <laughs> All right, folks. So, like JC broke down the scores. Interject one thing. I know I've said this the episode. This might be the greatest dud episode that never gets released. I can't wait to hear this. Okay, so we are, like I said, we're trying to. I might turn my volume down just a little bit here. Hopefully, he can still somewhat hear. But like I said, I'm trying to keep it quiet so that we can roll with this. Anyways, so we got the Raiders at the Chargers, or the Raiders hosting the Chargers. Our boy Kenny, a.k.a. Dr. Jack, a.k.a. my best friend, was at that game. And he said that he got there late in the second quarter, and then by the time he sat down, went to go grab a drink, it was already 28 to nothing. And then he came back, continued. He knew the game was over from nine minutes at this point of in the fourth. They're just running the ball on the line. We can go. So they left with nine minutes left. Like he said... 63-21. One of the biggest scores in franchise history for the Raiders. Most points, I believe, in NFL history. Put up at halftime. The Raiders made the Chargers look bad. Chargers head coach, next day, gone. Bye. See ya. That probably was, he was probably fired at halftime, but you know what? We'll take it where we can get it on that one. So, Bengals pull off a shocker at home, winning over the Vikings in overtime on a big play. The Lions come up big against the Broncos at home in Detroit. And then, honestly, the biggest game of the week that really kind of shocked me performance-wise was Kansas City once again. And if anybody hasn't looked at where the Kansas City offside penalty hit, that one's going to hit home for a lot of fans. And granted, here's where the offensive offside goes. If you are lined up in the neutral zone, whether you're on the offense or defense, for those of you who don't know football, the neutral zone is the line of scrimmage where the football starts. That ends up being where a wide receiver, normally you will see a wide receiver point up to the thumb of the ref. He'll look over to the sideline, give a thumbs up, done. Okay. Kadarius Tony hadn't done that for the entire game. And there's tape of it. And normally that's what happens every single game. Is that's It just keeps going like that. You go make sure you're on the line. You make sure you're ready to go. 
Bada bing, bada boom, we're out of here. Tommy DeVito style, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so anyways, we go then to the New England game. Tony lets the ball slide through his hands, bounce off his helmet. Patrick Mahomes throws a pick. Patrick Mahomes is not happy. The Chiefs are not looking good. I mean, they are literally putting it on the doorstep of the Broncos saying, here, take the playoff or take our seed for the NFC or for the AFC West and go. Well, that's not the Broncos kind of have had a couple of slip ups, so that doesn't help our case either. Now, throwing it back down to the rest of the game, Baltimore ends up tailing the Jaguars. And by tailing, I mean kicking them in the tail, pulling it, whatever, sending them back into the jungle. The Jaguars have been one of those teams that started out decently consistent, but you still see where that team is still young. They've got a lot of talent on the team. You got Trevor Lawrence. You've got Evan Ingram at the tight end spot, which is huge for them. And then you got Travis Etienne at the running back. I could go on and on. You got Clark as an outside receiver. I mean, there are so many different weapons that this Jaguars team hasn't had in a while that's on this team. They're still going to make the playoffs. Possibly. It's probably going to be locked in here in the next couple of games, but the Jags will end up winning their division and pushing through to the playoffs, but they will have some tough stretches ahead. The AFC South is still going to be tough. You got Jacksonville and Indianapolis sitting at eight and six. You got Houston sitting at eight and six, and that's the dangerous factor of it. Three teams there at eight and six. The Broncos could have been, but now you look at the whole entire AFC playoff picture, and this is where it really gets interesting. I mean, it's huge. Currently sitting right now as division division winners, Baltimore, Miami, Kansas City, and Jacksonville. And then you go down starting at the wild card standings with Cleveland, Cincinnati, Indianapolis. And then you've got Houston is down there as well, sitting at 8-6. and six. The 8-6 and six is hot in the AFC. I mean, it's just a battle of 8-6. and 8-6 six. and six Bills, 7-7 seven and seven Pittsburgh, 7-7 seven and seven Denver. So the AFC battle is still waging wars. Currently, right now, the Broncos control their own destiny and are still trying to do it. Plenty of games going on this weekend as well to make that playoff picture a little bit more interesting. On the a- <clears throat> NFC side, excuse me, San Francisco sitting at 11 and three, best team in the league. Honestly, arguably the most consistent team in the league this year. They had their games of three where they were a little bit shaky. Ended up taking a couple of key losses. You beat Philadelphia. You manhandled out both manhandled Philadelphia and Dallas. Brock Purdy playing out of his mind. You have this whole team running on cylinders. Debo Samuel getting used exactly how Debo is supposed to be used. <clears throat> Granted, Debo did a lot of work in the offseason to get back. Now Kittle's getting back into the game. You got Brandon Ayuk, and obviously probably the MVP candidate for the NFC is Christian McCaffrey. So now you have that whole entire roster going. The defense is back on top, and San Francisco potentially going to a Super Bowl spot. We'll have to see who stands in their way. The Cowboys 10-4. and they clinch the NFC East? Maybe. Because the Eagles are still fighting for a chance to control that NFC East spot. They do have a tiebreaker. The Cowboys have a tiebreaker over Detroit and have better win percentage. But Detroit still at 10-4. and four. They will win or have the NFC North, it looks like, for the time being. Tampa, they've got a crucial game coming up this week. They are still looking to try to pull off the AFC South, or the NFC South, excuse me. As the Bucks sit at seven and seven, then the Eagles hold the first wild card spot. They've clinched a playoff berth. That will either go to Dallas or Philadelphia, depending on how this week goes. So then you throw in Minnesota. Minnesota's seven and seven. The sevens are hot in the NFC. Seven and seven. Minnesota Rams seven and seven. Seattle with seven. New Orleans with sevens, and then you go to six and eight. Atlanta, 
Green Bay, and then the Giants are sitting at 5-9. and nine. The only teams officially out of the playoff race on both sides. For the NFC, Cards, Panthers, Commanders. Everybody knew the Panthers were out a long time ago. Three teams out on the AFC side, the Patriots, Jets, and Titans. Been a bad year for Bill Belichick. So, we'll take a look at a couple of key games coming up this week that could potentially have some big playoff stackings on their side. It's also Christmas weekend. We're hopping into week 16. Thursday night, New Orleans takes on Los Angeles. The Rams versus the Saints. Saturday night on December 23rd, Bengals, Steelers, Buffalo, Faces Los Angeles. The Chargers play host to Josh Allen and the Bills. Sunday's got a big couple of matchups going, but the biggest key matchup so far, Minnesota looking to try to take a game against Detroit. Green Bay, you guys really don't have much of a big game. Cleveland and Houston, that is probably one of my matchups of the week. I think that Houston could pull this out at Houston. It'll be interesting to see how they do because you're still, C.J. Stroud might be coming back off of concussion protocol. You're out without Tank Dell, but you still got Nico Collins and Singletary being able to run the ball. Cleveland starting to kind of find their rhythm. The backup quarterbacks also hot in the league as well this year. I think I heard a stat there were like 16 backup quarterbacks this year. Jacksonville has Tampa. Other big games kind of going along the list. This would just continue to help Denver in the playoff run. They've got New England. Throw it to Monday. Vegas plays Kansas City. Vegas looking to play a little bit of spoiler, hopefully on the Broncos' side of it. The Giants go to the Eagles. The Giants are playing some decent football. You got Tommy DeVito doing his Italiano stuff. I love seeing the kids succeed. I love seeing new quarterbacks succeed in the league. I mean, it has been a year of the the starting quarterback has just been thrown to the wind. I mean, thro- like it's starting QBs have been hurt a lot. And Philadelphia needs to kind of get back on top. Philadelphia needs to kind of keep making their run. A loss to Seattle last week was not very helpful. And then Baltimore has San Francisco. That should be a decent game as well. Brock Purdy continuing to see if the dominance holds. Now, time to text JC and see what we got. This is going to be interesting here. I'll even read out the text. Talked uh, talked about the playoffs. Talked about the playoff picture and ran through, spell through right, Yadengus. Couple of this weekend's games. Sorry if I'm going to have to type this out to you. I'm not going to ASMR this and hold this up to my face. That would be so weird and so random. Let's see if he responds to this. Well, apparently it's time for me to jump in. I, uh, <laughs> I can hear you kind of. Like, I have to be real quiet. (laughs) (laughs) We're week 16 now. There's only a few select games that are horribly relevant. I'm sure Nick said a lot of these, but we have two dynamic, dynamite games, and we get a Christmas present game, which is kind of a rarity. The other two games are going to be terrible. The Ravens and the 49ers, it could be a preview of the Super Bowl, RC is helping the Ravens keep on winning. Um, I think I read a stat somewhere. Monday night football games, the team that is the dog has played exceedingly well. And uh, last I looked, the Ravens were a small dog. But both teams are 11-3. Both teams are going to be making the playoffs. I like the Ravens in this one. A little bit of bias. But um, 
I don't know. This Ravens team, if they're going to be legit, which, you know, they're going to have to be a one seed to be legit because Kansas City will figure it out in the playoffs despite being shaky, kind of, you know. Look for the Ravens to pick up the win on Monday night. And then Cowboys-Dolphins, this is one of those weird games of 10-4. and Each team, it should be electric, should be a good game. But it's in Miami. It's the day before Christmas. The Cowboys got throttled by Buffalo, who is another one of those weird teams that's apparently shaky for some reason. Uh, so, again, again, apparently got an AFC bias this week. Dolphins should take that one. Uh, the Broncos, I'm sure Nick talked about his Broncos. They have the... <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this in the era of football that I've watched leading up to this, but the Patriots that are bad, they they are not good. Uh, so the Broncos should have an opportunity for a slam dunk there. And then, let's be real, they're hoping the Raiders, which good luck with this, going to Kansas City and actually win, which wouldn't count on that. Uh, other games of intrigue, you know, for the Saturday game, you know, the Saturday games seem kind of dodgy for the most part, but Bengals-Steelers, it's a big one for Pittsburgh. It's a big one for the Bengals. Both of them are kind of the, um, at least Pittsburgh. I think the Bengals technically would be a sixth seed, but there's a slew of eight and six teams. Texans may be one to watch as an outside team that may sneak their way in. The AFC South, kind of mid but somehow with them being as mid as they are, could get a possible three teams in the playoffs, which is kind of stupid when you think about it. But anyway, uh, so yeah, those are kind of some of the games to look for. There's a couple of games that don't mean a whole lot. Packers at Carolina. Uh, I saw this last weekend. You could get tickets to the Carolina game. I think it was in a monsoon, basically. I think they played like Atlanta or somebody. Uh, and you can get tickets for like four bucks before kickoff. So yeah, you know, it, things things aren't going well down in good old uh, Carolina at the moment. Uh, you know, the Jets and Commanders, another game Sunday. That <laughs> who cares? Neither one of them are going to be playoff teams. Uh, Bears Cardinals, uh, another one. That's a your three twenty five slot too. Uh, in Chicago, uh, I <laughs> curious. Pull up a good old ticket master right now and see what tickets are to this game. Because uh, I looked at tickets a couple months ago and they're like 50 bucks. So, and I can't imagine they got 24 bucks. 24! Mm. Yeah. So there's uh, several games that uh, are, I mean, they might be entertaining, but at the end of the day, it won't mean a whole lot. One game that I don't think it'll be great is Detroit and Minnesota. I mean, Detroit can clinch this weekend. So you look at it that way, Detroit's got a lot to play for. Vikings are technically the sixth seed, but I, again, there's a whole bunch of seven and seven teams. The Saints, Seahawks in there. Seahawks might be a little bit of a better team than Minnesota is, so... Obviously, Minnesota is going to be trying to win that one. But with that, uh, that's kind of a look at that. 
as four teams have clinched. Ravens, obviously they clinched seemingly a while ago. 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles, as uh, those are the teams that have clinched thus far. Uh, like I said, going into the weekend, I think the Dolphins, if they win and the Bills lose, I think would all but clinch. Uh, Detroit with a win would clinch. The NFC South is so bad that it's not going to be decided till the final week uh, because even the six and eight Falcons are only a game out. Uh, AFC West, I don't think you'll see a clinch there yet because remarkably, uh, the from reading this Broncos two games out. It's a stretch, but you know. Weirder things have happened uh, with the Broncos getting what should be on paper. I'm not saying a cakewalk, cakewalk, but it should be doable uh, against the Patriots and a division game for Kansas City, so maybe. But, yeah, outside of that, there's not a not many that are coming down to the wire. I mean, obviously the NFC East, two years ago we were talking about the NFC Least, I mean, they still kind of are, to be completely honest. I mean, the Giants are bad, and the Commanders are already eliminated. So congrats to the Cardinals, Panthers, and Commanders because you've been eliminated before the Bears. So that's a tough look for the brand. Um, Yeah, it should be an interesting one. Cowboys and Eagles down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, San Francisco dominant. The Ravens dominant their two-game lead. Uh, The uh, 49ers, they're four game clinched. So, you know, quick look, maybe not so quick look at the uh, good old NFL playoffs breakdown and the whole works as, uh, if my math skills are correct, we've hit the 25 minute stretch of this podcast. So, and I found myself a delicious ice cold beer. Wasn't a wasn't a can, so we didn't crack the top at the beginning. But you know, for those that are still here, the podcast got off to a, a dodgy start, to put it lightly. So we're just happy you're still here. <laughs> we honestly are, because I mean, I don't know what JC's got drinking, but I've today have an Alaskan white beer. So from the Alaskan Brewing Company, and honestly, folks, this beer is pretty good. For the holiday season, it's good. I've been trying to find Snow Beast at the High V here in town. Currently, I've not been able to find it, but there is some Snow Beast back in Omaha, so I will be bringing that back as well because that's a favorite of mine around this time of the year. Just always a good, good-tasting beer, good-tasting brewski as well. And so we'll see if we can get JC some... See if we can get JC to say what he's got. So I've got me. There we go. A Miller Light. Oh. A bottled Miller Light. What? <laughs> when was the last time someone has ever heard of a bottled Miller Light? Only I hear of canned Miller Light. That's just. I felt like today was a day to act like a distinguished gentleman. I don't know. <laughs> He picks today to act like a distinguished gentleman when we're having a dumpster fire of an episode going. You know, I feel like after this episode, we may be <laughs> like a comedy routine because, you know, this has been rough. 
I don't know if he can hear me. That's the best part. He's responding to what I say. That's what comes across my headset. So I'm like, hey, we're still going. So that's that's, that's strong there. But yeah, what's wrong with a delicious ice cold Miller Lite? I mean, I know it's not a bush latte, but come on. Respect Miller. Respect the Miller, man. I mean, go shotgun it, throw it off the stage. Let's go. See what happens. Oh my goodness! If this if this podcast wasn't anything for entertaining for you guys, I, I think we have failed because I don't know how how else we can try to to make this even more fun, crazy, psychotic at times. I mean, holy cow, dude! It's just it's ridiculous sometimes. Like we we make the joke that we deal with the connection issues so often, and like we'll push podcast records back or like recording times back. We'll do all this stuff. Now you guys understand <laughs> what it's really going on because we're not the most like you know top notch recording podcast. We're just two normal guys just trying to make a li- or make a little fun and and go at each other. So I mean it's it is what it is, man. So you guys are getting the best of what we can do before the end of the year episode. Let's see what topic JC wants to go through next. Oh, we're going NHL. You I can mean, hear me. You can hear me. Oh, I can hear you, kind of. I love like it. Like, every once in a while, because I'm using the junkie. So, for those that need some backstory, <laughs> I don't know if I told this in the beginning of the podcast. I don't really know when he started recording. <laughs> so, you know, I, hopefully there's nothing too dodgy on there. But I'm using the junkiest headphones that I have. Because my normal setup, I went to plug it in and it sparked. And I think the spark may have killed the 9-volt battery and the other part of it. Uh, so yeah, but you know, we're, we're real on this podcast. We've said that before and we're really living up to it today because you know, this is, you know, this is, this is good old fashioned podcasting here. We are, we're we're doing doing the best. Oh, we're out here just living, man. So JC, do you want to, if you can podcasting. Honestly, we get Western on this podcast, and it's as crazy as it gets, folks. So stick around for the wild ride. If you've made it this far, we, we're going to give you a nice little round of applause for dealing with us. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, JC, if you can hear me, do you want to start off your, your NHL segment? Because I know you'll mainly be leading this. I've had zero hockey time on the board today. Or so here's the thing. Before we get to that, this may be the most like easy to clip segments of the entire year. There's probably so <laughs> many quotable things that have happened in the first. Well, let me do some quick math here. Thirty-ish minutes, probably by the time you're at this point. I mean, it's wow. going to be wild. But for the NHL today, we're recording December twentieth. Math is on point today. If he can hear that, math has been on point twice. Round of applause for JC. So here's the thing with this podcast: either the quick math is bad or the connection is bad. You can't have both. One of them's got to hit. My God, today it's the quick math. Good for us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, as we're recording this episode. December 20th, only three games to talk about tonight. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets beat up on the good old Detroit Red Wings, 5-2. Uh, Loren Brossois in net for the old Winnipeg Jets uh, gets the win, 5-2-W for Winnipeg, and that one 
Uh, Pionk got a goal. Uh, looking through Ehlers. Velarde. Um, and Shifley got a goal. That's kind of surprising. Uh, Winnipeg outshoots Detroit 41-28. Jets win again. We'll talk about the standings here in a second, but Winnipeg Jets may be a team actually to watch out for on the West. Uh, we'll talk more about that coming up. Caps get the overtime win over the Islanders. Game winner in that Strom, a minute 41 into overtime. 3-2 winner in overtime there. The Caps out shooting the Islanders 36-32. Elsewhere in the late West Coast game over on good old TNT, which will be final by the time you hear this, uh, the Kraken lead the Kings in the second 1-2-0. A quick hammer the old update button on that. And that score has not changed. Not a big surprise there. Hockey standings, however, there are, I don't know if you'd say a lot of surprises. We'll start on the West. Winnipeg Jets with their win tonight is now leading the Central. So on the Western side, with a whopping 41 points, it's kind of a three-team race out in the West Central Division right now. Dallas has 40 uh, Colorado is 40 as well. Colorado, for most, seems to be the favorite to win the Cup. I don't really know why that is. Uh, I can think of probably, I don't know, three or four teams that's probably higher on my list uh, than Colorado would be. Uh, talk about top three. Jets, Stars, Avalanche, all within a point of each other. Then the Preds. Nashville Predators at 36 points, Coyotes, Blues, Wild, and the Blackhawks wrap it up. Really, I mean, Arizona's close-ish, and uh, Nashville's at 36, so they're in pretty good shape. Uh, Most of them have played at 30 to 32 of the 82 games, so a long ways to go over there. Uh, We go to the Pacific Division, where Las Vegas, the Golden Knights, continue to lead. They haven't really played a whole lot of hot hockey lately. Uh, They got thumped last night by uh, Carolina 6-3. They got two garbage-time goals, which, if you ask R.C., is a good, real good momentum pusher to get them to Tampa. I mean, the garbage-time goals, let's be real. Uh... Vegas, 47 points. The Canucks, 46. That's one of those teams, uh, if you go back a couple episodes ago, I was talking about teams that are in good positions now, but everybody seems to be questioning the Canucks are that through and through. L.A. Kings at 40 points, but it played, get this, five less games than both the Canucks and Golden Knights. Golden Knights have played 33. Excuse me which is more than all but two teams in the or three teams in the east. So the only teams in the east to play 33 are Columbus, Buffalo who's bad. Uh we'll get to them in a little bit. Tampa has also played 33 and on the west, uh the entire division of the west central has not played 33 and Kraken, Vegas and the Canucks have played 33. So a very weird schedule thing. Uh, Vegas, I would think, gets pretty darn close to having played 40 of 82 by the time the new year gets here, which is kind of insane when you think about it. Uh, Kings have only played 28 games, so if you factor in the five points 
or five games, ten points difference there. Kings are playing pretty well. Uh, the rest of the way down in the Pacific Division, it gets bad in a hurry. Uh, you know, Calgary's kind of middle ground at 31. Uh, Kraken's right there with them, although the Kraken aren't good. They played 33 games. Edmonton, who was hot, has cooled off, uh, losing three in a row. They've got a humongous hole to dig themselves out of to get to the playoffs. Not saying they couldn't, just saying it's going to be a tough road to get there. And then the Ducks, uh, 24 in San Jose, has won nine games, which doesn't sound like much when you look at a record of 9-20-3. But given the fact that they were awful to start the year, I think 0-14, 0-13, whatever the heck it was, uh, if you factor that in, they're playing 9-7-3 and three if they were 0-13. So mm, it's not great. And it won't be a playoff team, but they did get her back on the right track. Uh, we go over to the East, starting in the Atlantic. Boston's rolling. Um, I, <laughs> I've, I've heard this so much from people, and I don't know if it's just because nobody like pays attention to uh, the East or what it is, but everybody's surprised Boston's as good as they are. I mean, they lost some guys, a couple guys retired, but not a big surprise there. Other parts, uh, the Maple Leafs are kind of a surprise. They're in second, 29 games played for 38 points. Florida is feisty and will be a playoff team. Uh, they've won 18 games, played 31, so give the Toronto Maple Leafs the edge there. Uh, the Panthers and Senators played a game I talked about two or three podcasts ago. First time I think anybody's seen all 10 players on the ice get game misconducts. So, I mean, when the Kachucks play each other, I guess that's what you get to look forward to. Uh, bottom part, Tampa, Detroit, Montreal, Buffalo, who is so bad. They're, they're just bad. Uh, and then the Senators uh, talk about Brady Kachuk. Um, you know, Senators do a lot of fighting, but to this point in the year, not a lot of winning. Uh, they're gonna they got a hole to crawl out of. I mean, they only played 27 games, which if you were on the other side and you were six games less, but that's only three games less than Boston. And Boston is twice as many points as the Senators, so tough sledding there. Uh, then we go to the Metro. Nick's probably falling asleep by now. Uh, but then I'm we go awake. to the Metro. I'm awake. Unfortunately for me, the New York Rangers, otherwise known as the Rags, lead the division. 30 games played for 45 points. Uh, Devils have played 30 games as well, but don't have anywhere near 45 points. Others in the top part of the division, 39 points for the Islanders and Flyers, 37 for the Hurricanes, 36 for the Capitals. You're thinking, where the hell are the Devils at? Well, they're 16, 12, and 2 through 30 games for 34 points. Been playing better of late, but they've had some shaky stretches in there. Uh, Penguins and Blue Jackets, the bottom part of the division. So you're thinking, well, okay, what does that mean for the conference standings, the league standings, and the wild card? So here's where everybody's team's at. Of course, we're talking about my Devils, RC's Golden Knights, and Nick's Panthers, which he watches so many games. He could tell you all about them. Um, <laughs> Panthers are rated sixth in the East. 
You know, I'm, we're just we're just throwing up punchlines tonight. Uh, <laughs> Panthers sixth in the East. The Devils are top ten. Top ten. Remember that because as good as Florida's been and as good as Toronto's been, the Devils are only four points behind them. I mean, the East is kind of muddled when you go. 38 to 31 and there's a seven point swing and about eight teams, nine teams in that uh, Panthers have played one more game of devils notably as well. So if the devils win the next game, they'd only be two points back and that would help them leap a couple of other teams. Uh, then we go golden Knights. No shock. It's been this way all year. Uh, they are the one seed. Although again, two games more than Winnipeg, so Winnipeg would be about 45 points-ish if they win both. The important one is five games more than the Kings. Kings could have, at the same games played at 33, could have as many as 50 points. So that's something to keep an eye on there. So Golden Knights, one in the West. Devils, 10 in the East. And Panthers, six in the East. And then you go league-wide. Golden Knights, one, because, of course... And uh, the rest of us are not in the top 10. So, you know, there's that. Uh, Florida's 12th. The Devils are 17th tied with the Arizona Coyotes and the Detroit Red Wings. (sighs) Being tied with the Coyotes is not something I ever thought that I would say or see. Um, So, yeah, there's that. Uh, Devils lost in overtime their last time out. Uh, Panthers are 12th. Wild cards as it sits right now. Bruins, Maple Leafs, and Panthers out of the Atlantic in the East. Rangers, Flyers, Islanders out of the Metro. Top two teams. Otherwise, Capitals, Hurricanes. Despite how bad the Hurricanes have played, they just whomped Vegas the other night. Uh, 6-3. Devils lost the other night. 3-2, 3-2, and I couldn't tell you a thing about when the Panthers last played. Also, shout out to the Blue Jackets for hanging nine. That's right. Let that sit in the air for a minute. Nine goals on 34 shots as uh, they clobber the Sabres. Sabres got a couple garbage time goals and made it. I, I don't know. I can't even say that's close because it's not. It was 7-1 to one at one point. Uh, Buffalo would get it back to 7-4 before the Sabres had enough of that. Uh, Panthers, their last game out. They haven't played since Monday when they got beat by the Flames. So, shout out to the Flames, I guess. Uh, Bagland, or Bagland, Backland and the former Devil Coleman helped the Flames get the W on Monday night. Uh, We look to the games coming up tomorrow, being the 21st at the time of this recording. Maple Leafs at Sabres, Capitals at the Blue Jackets, Blues at the Panthers, Golden Knights at the Lightning, Hurricanes at the Penguins, Predators at the Flyers, Devils get another crack at the Oilers, Uh, Canucks and Stars should be a pretty good game. Canadians are at the Wild they slay the games. Coyotes at the Sharks, Flames at the Ducks, and Senators at uh, the Avalanche. 
finishing our wild card discussion on the West. Winnipeg, Dallas, and the Colorado out of the Central. The same three teams out of the Pacific. It's been pretty much all year. Knights, Canucks, Kings, just take a pick of what order it's in. And uh, Preds and Coyotes would be the two wild card teams. Those just around it, Minnesota, who's been bad, uh, all of a sudden they've won 7 of 10, so they're right back in it. Flames and Blues in there as well. Edmonton, for those keeping score, seven points out of the old wild card number two position. Of course, the wild card number two would get the Las Vegas Golden Knights. So there's that. And uh, there you go. Take a look at that. The Devils talked about how bad, painfully to say, but how bad they had been. Uh, you look at their last four games. Beat the Bruins in overtime, a big one there. They thumped the Blue Jackets like they should. The Ducks got them on a back-to-back. Devils are now 1-5-1 and one in back-to-backs. Uh, they have nine back-to-backs in the season left for a league-leading 16. I don't like it, but that's just the way scheduling goes. Uh, Devils get the uh, Flyers lost to them in overtime. And then in games coming up, by the time we record, there'll be about three. Devils will be at home for the Oilers on Thursday, the Red Wings Saturday, and then next Wednesday, as everybody takes a break during Christmas for the NHL. Uh, They'll be back at home against the Blue Jackets. Uh, Upcoming matchups, we finally are within striking distance of the Devils-Panthers Part 2 and the Golden Knights-Devils Part 1. Both coming up in January the 13th for the Panthers and the 22nd for the Golden Knights. Uh, RC and I are going to go see the Devils and Golden Knights in Newark in January. So we'll talk about that coming up in another episode. But the Devils also get the Bruins in the last game before the end of 2023. Senators, the other game in that stretch as well. So let's look at what's going on for the old Devils. What's going on in the NHL? And hopefully uh, Nick is still with us and uh, awake because, you know, you ever hear the X-Files theme? That's what's probably <laughs> playing in his mind while he listens to me go on my 15-minute diatribe about the NHL. Oh, boy. Well, if JC, you can hear me, we are still alive. Going to text it to you just in case. But yeah, I mean, I was hoping we were firing live. I thought that was a pretty good discussion. It was <laughs> discussion so, monologue. Living large and in charge. Probably has a bunch of roasts set up for me about my Miller Lite beer in a bottle. Because <laughs> apparently I'm just a walking punchline tonight. So I've got that going for me. I wouldn't say I got punchlines for you. I just, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, the last time that I heard Miller Lite in a freaking bottle was just kind of, it was one of those things that was just like, you don't see it very often, you know, or it, otherwise it's like Miller High Life. That's very all. Often. Miller High Life is always the one that I hear is like in the bottle. So. You know, when you go to casinos, anything's possible. That That is also very true. <laughs> As much booze in you as they can get. Yeah, they'll they'll try to booze you, smooze you any way they get. They'll take your money regardless. So here's a lesson, folks: don't go to casinos. Don't spend much time down at good old Prairie Meadows. I, dude, I've been to Prairie Meadows one time, and that was like a few months ago. I went to Prairie <laughs> Meadows once. I actually, 
made a little bit of money, but I definitely spent way more than I actually made. Like, I didn't win anything back, really. But I don't always play, like, the... I don't always go sit at, like, the table, so, like, I'm, I'm not playing craps. Like, I'm not playing blackjack or anything like that because I don't feel very comfortable at that because I don't have the knowledge for it. But then at the same time, I'll just go play the slots and then just hit, and if I get a ticket, then I'll take pay out or keep going, go to a different one. You know, the, the usual just, I go. It's fun. So. Well, there you go. Not much of a gambler, but when he does, it's a good time had by all. Well, all of my gambling has been done this year of fantasy football, which both of my two teams in my money leagues have gone completely down the shitter where I was within the top three for the majority of the year, if not the entirety of the year, and got destroyed in the playoffs. Tyree Kill was out with an injury. None of my players scored. ETN has been running so bad in the last couple of games. And then you throw it to the other team in that side of the bracket where I've been middle of the pack, got to a top three seed. Entire team shits the bed there too. And then you throw it to my bow hunting league with all my buddies from work and everything like that. I draft a top tier team. Here, I'll read this team for you. I'll read this team, and you tell me what you think my record is. So here we go. We're going to go. We're going to see if we can get JC's guess here, and we'll cut this out possibly for a clip just for you guys. So if you're looking to know what Nick's record is with his bow hunting league, here's the team. We started out with Joe Burrow, who was injured for most of the year. So that was a setback. So now the current quarterback is Jordan Love. So throw him out for the last couple of games. But the consistency has been here. Travis Etienne, David Montgomery, St. Brown. Then I had Chris Godwin there. George Kittle picked up Dalton Schultz. I originally had Devontae Adams. Gave him him up in a trade to try to kind of get some backup. The Niners defense. Eagles kicker. On the bench currently that I have left. Isaac Pacheco, George Pickens, Gabe Davis, Jalen Warren, Kyler Murray, because I had to pick him up as a quarterback. JC, can you guess, and can the crowd guess, my fantasy record team? Well, I don't know about a record, but I'm going to go with a winning percentage of about .389. Lower. Lower? Ow. What about a .037? (laughs) Higher than point zero. Uh, I don't know. Point two one. Point one four three. I am twelve and two or two and twelve. Dude, I dude, I seriously from where I had the team at the start of the year. Like here, I can even go back to like what my schedule was at the beginning of the or like where I sat at the beginning here. So like I'll go through I'll go through my schedule. So at at the first game of the year that I had. This was my team. Joe Burrow, who got knocked out as a QB. Austin Eckler as a running back. And then he was hurt for three weeks. Travis Etienne, Devontae Adams, Armand St. Brown, George Kittle, Chris Godwin, Niners defense, and then Eagles kicker. And then on the bench, it was uh, Tyler Lockett, George Pickens, Brandon Njoku, uh, Kirk Cousins was my backup quarterback. Didn't have him intending to play a lot this year except for Joe Burrow's bye. And then I had Cleveland's defense as well as a secondary defense. Started out the year decently, decently good. And then it all went to freaking Schittsburg when Joe Burrow got hurt and officially gone bye-bye Dunzo. Kirk Cousins went gone bye-bye Dunzo. 
all my team just was not scoring consistently, which I mean, granted, that's the, that's kind of the bad part about fantasy is that you go on your team's performance on based on their team's performance. So like in the NFL, every, whoever doesn't know what fantasy football is, I know everybody who probably listens to this does, but it's like, I know you can't control it, but my God, there were so many bad performances this year, this last week. I mean, it's just gone down the down the drain, and I don't even know how to. So, in the grand scheme of that, I lost forty dollars to two different. I lost twenty dollars each to two different fantasy teams out of my three. In a college pickums for football, uh, I'm currently sitting at the bottom for that. But my bowl games have been doing pretty well so far on trying to pick how that's been. That's been going, but otherwise, I'm I lost sixty bucks so far in in betting of sports. That's some rough sledding for you, there, big fella. And that's a pretty good segue to get us to the bowl season. Bowl season, the baby. A good chunk of the people don't seem to care about until New Year's Six, which I say, come on. There's so many good games out there. He said with a straight face. <laughs> I do say, because you see, the Raging Cajuns are one of those teams that nobody gives a crap about, but your boy does. So let's talk some college football scoreboard from, uh, well, last week. Some of our early ones, Ohio, 10-3, thumped Georgia Southern, 20 to nothing at halftime. They go on to win 41-21 in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. This was a fascinating one. The Cricket Celebration Bowl held in good old Atlanta, Georgia. Saw Florida A&M down. Now, remember, Florida A&M is 12-1 or 11-1, whatever, however records work for what game they went into. Howard, who's a 500 team, was up 14-zip after one. 16-10 at halftime. The Rattlers were able to rattle off 20 in the fourth quarter and come back and win. But, boy, you talk about a line there. When Howard's up 14 nothing after one, you're going, what the hell is going on there? That leads us to the Raging Cajuns. That was the cricket <laughs> celebration bowl, if I didn't say that. Florida A&M winning that one. The R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Raging Cajuns were three-and-a-half-point dogs to Jacksonville State. Uh, the game goes to overtime. The Raging Cajuns had it tied at 14 at the half, did not have an offensive touchdown in the first half. Two defensive scores. I think they get three in the game. Uh, the Raging Cajun kicker missed a field goal in overtime, and then Jacksonville State said, hey, thanks, we'll uh, finish the year 9-4. and four. Uh, Boy, I tell you what, that's, that's what happens, though. When you put teams that are 500 in the bowl games, that's actually one of the better ones that came out of that. Uh, speaking of the Sun Bell, how about this one? Appalachian State and the Avocados from Mexico. Pure 13-9 winners over the 11-3 Miami of Ohio Redhawks. That game was 6-3 at halftime. Not a lot of scoring going on there. Hey, that's still, that's still more scoring than the Vikings and the Raiders. Yeah, well, you know, those those two teams aren't good either. <laughs> at 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 the halftime it was six to three. At the Vikings and Raiders it was three nothing at the end of the game. <laughs> that's baseball score yeah, there, but uh, <sighs> that's tough, you know, to lose a game three to nothing. Uh we go Jeez. to the I'm gonna I'm gonna 
just say New Mexico Bowl because I'm not really sure what that sponsor is, to be honest with you. Uh, New Mexico Bowl saw Fresno State thump. Well, you know, trying to find the right word there. Thump. Uh, good old New Mexico State, 17-3 at half. They outscored 20-7 in the second half, uh, 37-10. A game I actually watched a little bit of was the Starco Brands L.A. Bowl. You know, part of the fun about talking about bowls is the names. We talk about because this every like, year, baby. Like, what the hell are these names? Anyway, Starco <laughs> Brands L.A. Bowl. Uh, Boise State looks so bad in the second half. It was 16-7 Boise State at the halftime break. And then the wheels fell off. 21 in the third for UCLA. Uh, 28 to 6 in the second half. It was a big old uh, no, no bueno as uh, UCLA thumped Boise State. Which moves us to the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl. That saw Cal get up 14-7 after one and decide, ah, 14's enough scoring. Texas Tech would score the next, uh, let me do some quick math here, 27 of the game, including in the second quarter. As uh, good old Texas Tech winners in that one, 34-14. A massive blown lead a couple days ago in the famous Toastery Bowl, Old Dominion. I mean, you know, we're talking about Sunbelt teams. Old Dominion's another one. 21 nothing after one. Big time gone up. You know, probably safe. You know, that leads 27 at half. You think. 35-14 after three. You know, everybody's keeping it nice and even. And then all of a sudden, Western Kentucky decides, nah, we we better make this interesting. 21 in the fourth. And the game-winning field goal in overtime, 38-35. Western Kentucky comes back from a 21-point first quarter deficit and a 28-point deficit to start the game. Uh, They were down 28-0. Would cut that lead to 28-7 at the half. That's a hell of a yikes for me, man. I don't care if it's a bowl game. I don't care if it's a battle of winless teams. Uh, If you score 21 in the first – and lead by 28 in the second at a point, probably should win that game. Uh, Old Dominion did not. And then finally, in a game yesterday, the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. Like I said, this is fun saying the game to be. uh, UTSA wins that one 35-17. Marshall scores 17 in the first half. UTSA scored 21, and that would be that. Games coming up. Hold on. I would I would like to make a statement here as my camera just shut off. Okay. So we had to do pick'ems for bowl games, right? So this is how the bowls went out. You had 11 picks to make, including the national title winner. Now, the, the um, caveat to this, you can pick the na- you have to pick a national title winner, but if they don't make it, then you don't get the points, right? Obviously, because if the national title... If they lose, they're out. But you had to pick it no matter what happens. So currently, here are my picks for my 11. Florida A&M, dub. Texas Tech, dub. UTSA, big dub. Then I've got James Madison, Florida State, Northwestern, Kansas, Rice, Tennessee, Liberty, 
And then I have Washington winning the national title. We'll get to that in a second, and this is all going to be so controversial for everybody because I'll I'll even cut out the clip from last week before the New Year's Bulls get here that I have Washington winning the title or whoever I had as my top four, but I have Washington winning the title. Call me crazy. Hasn't happened since 1997, but call me crazy. You may now continue if you can hear me. So, I have to have a clarification. Did you say Penn State or Florida State for your winner? I have Florida State. All right, I'm just going to stop you there. The craziest pick is the one you just said there. Georgia's going to destroy Florida State. There is no way the Bulldogs lose that game. I See, I have, I have this theory, and this theory goes back to... 2004, Kansas winning an Orange Bowl. It goes back to Boise State beating Oklahoma State. It goes back to Cincinnati making the college football playoff. I have a list of bowls that can get brought up and and brought down to Lane beating USC when Lincoln Riley's first year in the against a Pac-12 opponent back in the Cotton Bowl. I mean, there are plenty of teams that can stand with the big dogs. And personally, I think Florida State, we talked about this on the last episode where we did the collab, I think that Florida State got gypped. Now, I don't know your opinion on it. I would love to hear it, honestly. And then now, I think they got a chip on their shoulder to play. I don't think they necessarily get blown out. Now, my prediction of TCU last year was absolute dog shit. And I feel so <laughs> bad for saying that. Because I was high on TCU, I was high on Max Duggan, but at the same time, you really saw a team that was not ready to compete with a team like that, especially after beating that Michigan team last year, beating J.J. McCarthy, beating Aiden Hutchinson, who was one of the best defenders in the league. You didn't have Blake Corum running the ball for Michigan. Now this year you do, and Michigan's going to be, Michigan is the number one team in the country. I've got a little bit of argument towards that, but at the same time, Michigan has earned their spot. No doubt about it. Michigan has earned their spot. But I think that Georgia and Florida State, this game might surprise a lot of people, and I want to be on that end of it that says Florida State shocked the world. Somebody get them their ring and give them a natty. Well, that's cute. (laughs) I'll start with that. That's cute. Uh, Florida State got gypped. When you talk about okay, the thank you. Teams, thank you. Here's the The committee was scared of another TCU getting in and getting absolutely just, just embarrassed. I mean, there's no other way to put it than they got embarrassed. And here's the other part of that uh, coin. They weren't going to keep the SEC out of the uh, uh, college football playoffs. No, they were not. And that's the bad thing. The argument I've also heard is these are the four best teams, not the four best records. In which you go, that's subjective as hell, but okay. Uh, We'll see. I mean, we'll see if the argument everybody had of Florida State being unbeaten and not worrying about the quarterback situation uh, is warranted. Because if they hang with Georgia – I mean, assuming they don't just get straight up annihilated, which is exactly what I expect to happen. I think Georgia, uh, we'll talk about it probably next week uh, as we close in on all these uh, bowl games. Uh, But I think Georgia buries them by, I I don't know. I don't know if we're going to go two touchdowns, three touchdowns, something like that. I'm not going to make a decision in this podcast. But 
I, I don't think it'll be close. But if it is close, then everybody's argument for Florida State seems a lot more sound. Um, I would agree yeah, with that. I mean, we've got a whole bunch of New Year's Bowl games. that We've got, we got games that are more pressing right now as we sit here on December 20th. <laughs> You know, don't 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 take me to the cleaners on this. I'm not. I'm not. That's the that's the real dandies of games. But we got tomorrow. Well, today probably by the time this comes out on Thursday, December twenty first, we got the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, six and six Syracuse, six and six South Florida on ESPN, ESPN Plus. It doesn't get much better than that. Somebody's gonna have a plus. 500 record, Syracuse is three-point favorites in it. Boy, I tell you, you think that's good. You know you like 500 teams playing each other, and I know you do. Friday. Yes, the sir. The Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl, baby. Georgia Tech, 6-6. Six and six. UCF, 6-6. Six and six. Both these games played down in Florida because, you know, Everything's wild down there. UCF, five-and-a-half-point favorites in that one. And so we finally get past the 500 teams by the time we roll around to Saturday. We got a whole slate on Saturday. Lots of games. Starts at 11 a.m., Troy and Duke. Interesting game here. Troy out of the Sun Belt. Uh, Duke not out of the Sun Belt. Out of the ACC. Uh, Troy eleven two seven and five in the seventy six Birmingham Bowl. Troy's favored by seven and a half in the game. All these games played on various ABCs, ESPNs, also on ESPN Plus um, as well. Uh, we go back to six and six teams battling it out: Arkansas State, Northern Illinois. Uh, those are two and six and six teams. Arkansas State holds the advantage there. Give me this game. You talk about teams that got jipped. Teams that, yes. you know, have been playing for Sun Belt championships and other things. As you know, James Madison got jipped. <laughs> they should have been the Sun Belt champ. I think they would have ultimately been. Uh, the James Madison Dukes are just. They're good. They're, they're, they're good. really good. line surprising in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. Eleven and one James Madison, two thirty on Saturday, December twenty third, takes on eight and four Air Force. J Mad's only a two point favorite. I mean, that one seems like so I feel like that one can get out of hand a little bit, but we'll see well, here's, uh, how the uh, matchup in that one again, this game's these games on Saturday. Here's the best part about this. James Madison came into this season. This is their first time playing FBS football. It's not FCS. This is FBS. So f- they are now in the bowl era. They are now doing their thing. They're not playing North Dakota State, Sandia, or South Dakota State anymore, Montana, all these. Which, honestly, I will say this right now with a full heart and a just a sound mind. You give me the top four FCS schools to come into FBS, they can do this. James Madison just proved this. North Dakota State has numerous wins over teams coming in and playing them, coming from FCS. And they're the number one team in the country when it comes to 
uh, FCS numerous amounts of years. South Dakota State has been another team that can compete. These smaller school teams, when they actually get up here, have proven their shot time and time again. And James Madison started out hot. I mean, red hot. When you get Pat McAfee to literally fire up a crowd, and here's the first F-bomb of the show. It only took me an hour. When he says, fuck the NCAA, give James Madison a bowl game, honestly, fire me up. Because Pat McAfee has been one of my favorite on college game day to watch just in general of hyping people up, especially how dirty he did Alabama or did Georgia in the SEC title game. That was hilarious. If you haven't seen that video of him saying, what's that coming down the track? Go watch it because it's funnier than hell. But seriously, James Madison was not even about to be in a bowl game, and they were going to potentially win the Sun Belt. They got gypped out of the conference title. But you know what? They got a bowl game, and honestly, to play a team like Air Force in this bowl, they should be damn proud of that. And then they'll come back next year, and they'll continue to be dominant and hopefully win the Sun Belt, and we'll see them somewhere bigger. There you go. That's my rant for that, for that bowl game. I've been so hyped up on this since I saw James Madison getting into – I saw JMU get into a bowl game, and I was like, oh, let's go. All right, so we carry on with December of the third bowl game. That's my spiel. Uh, J-Mad playing at 2.30. You might want to check that one out. Again, ABC, ESPN+. Plus. We're doing all the promoting that they definitely don't need, but by God, we're going to do it anyway. Uh, we go to a couple of six and six teams, also at two thirty. If you like split screen football action, which I feel like you might, uh, Georgia State, Utah State, both uh, combined twelve and twelve. Quick math there. Teams are six and six in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Utah Hey-o. State holds the two and a half point line there. Favorites, I should say. Then we rumble down to the six o'clock slate, another six and six matchup. South Alabama, six and six. Eastern Michigan, six and six for the 68 Ventures Bowl. Uh, South Alabama's got a sizable line in this game, actually. 17 point uh, favorites in that one. And then we start getting to the late night games. We actually do have a real late night game on the 23rd uh, in Vegas. 6.30, it'll be Utah Northwestern. Utah, and this line seems light to me, too. Uh, Utah 8-4, and four, Northwestern 7-5 and five in the SRS distribution Las Vegas Bowl. Utah's only 6.5-point favorites, and that, to me, I mean, I think I heard you earlier say you picked Northwestern as one of your teams, and I hate to do this, but I don't know, man. The Utes feel like Utah might run away with this game. See, uh, it'll be interesting to see, though, and I, as uh, Utah six-and-a-half-point favorites. I've got a little bit to say about this because this is Northwestern's first year with a brand-new head coach. I mean, this is Northwestern's first year where they haven't had a tenured head coach in I don't even know how long. For this Northwestern team that usually confidently is so scrappy, so just – it's so hard to put them down, even teams like Ohio State. Yeah, they'll eventually blow them out of the water, possibly in the second half, fourth quarter, whatever. Northwestern has always been a team consistently in the Big Ten that has been able to stand with the big dogs. They might not win the games. They might upset a team every once in a while, but Northwestern is a team that can compete, and I love to see them just scrap for everything they get. For them to be with a first-year head coach as a 7-5 and five team, 
To me, that is unbelievable, considering the fact that where you look at where that program struggles of not being able to close, where it comes into you're not dealing with the best talent and your turnover rate is high, Northwestern has proven time and time again that they can potentially, if they get the right system that just gets them over a hump, they might be a contender, and it could potentially push them past it. So I love seeing Northwestern at a 7-5, and and I love seeing the heart behind this team. The Utah Utes, on the other hand, this year – That one, to me, has been the shocking development of the Pac-12. With Cam Rising coming back, everybody thought that Utah was going to potentially be back on top of the Pac-12, compete for a college football playoff as they were a top top six team last year. Utah was supposed to be on that. And then they they get a quarterback who wins the starting job over here at Utah and Bryson Barnes, who this year has also played pretty good. He's gotten fifteen yards or fifteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, the nine interceptions mark kind of seals the deal a little bit for himself. But I mean still you look at just it's one of those things of Utah has not impressed me a lot, but they still impressed me with the Pac twelve schedule that they got. Cause I mean if you look at Utah's wins here on the schedule, they've beaten a Florida team decent they took down a UCLA team who's in the in the um, college football talk of the top 25 a 21 to 7 loss against Oregon all right you can hold that one over their head beat a USC team who was supposed to be good Oregon that was a stumble but they held their own against one of the top four teams in the country if not the top two because they are against Washington 35 to 28 had a loss to a hard-ranked Arizona team, beat Colorado. I think a lot of people could have beat Colorado this year. So, I mean, this Utah team, to me, is kind of one of those, they're iffy and they're shaky, but they're still a good team and they're still decent as they were last year. So there's my spiel on that game. I'm excited for this one. This one's going to have to be a watch that I see on Friday. So, and for your late Saturday game, Coastal Carolina, San Jose State, and the Easy Post, Hawaii Bowl, both teams 7-5. and five. San Jose State comes in 10-point favorites. I mean, Saturday. If you have ESPN+, Plus, according to this ESPN website, you know, they might know a thing or two about ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Saturday might be a good game to watch, good day to watch games because they go all the way to 11 in the morning to 9.30 at night. And we'll go ahead and I'll talk about games through next Wednesday the 27th with the assumption we'll do a podcast next Wednesday uh, without spoiling the 28th, 29th. And of course the games that, you know, everybody starts to care about are next week, but I, you know, you can't disrespect all these other teams playing. Come on, man. No, it's bowl right, season. Tuesday, December 26th. We start off at one in the afternoon, the quick lane bowl has seven and five minutes or a seven and five bowling green against. This is the stuff that irritates the hell out of me. Five and seven, Minnesota. I get you in the Big Ten, but come on, we have a standard. You got to be six and six to get in. You got six wins. For and Minnesota's favorited, by the way, too. Uh, three and a half point favorites uh, for the Quick Lane Bowl, according to ESPN. And I, you know, I don't know how much stock you want to put in this. Um, Visit Seats has game tickets as cheap as two dollars. That's one two for those keeping score at home. Two dollars to see the Quick Lane Bowl at Ford Field in Detroit between Bowling Green and Minnesota. Apparently, not a hot seller there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that game one o'clock Tuesday. That that's a 
That's a you skip work for that bowl game day. That's a two dollar game. You go have yourself some fun now, folks. <laughs> go sit yeah, down right. in the, go sit down in Detroit, uh, Michigan. Four thirty. Four thirty Tuesday. You talked about it earlier, but again, we we just don't line up with our bowl picks. <laughs> Texas State and Rice. Texas State seven and five, Rice six and six. I can you gotta go with the Bobcats, man. Surf Pro First Responders Bowl down in Texas. Texas State, it's uh it's time for the Bobcats to shine. Five and a half point favorite tickets as low as twelve dollars according to Vivid Seats for that one. As uh Texas State that game kicks off at four thirty and then the nightcap in what could I think be a fascinating game despite the line being played in beautiful Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. The Guaranteed Rate Bowl, 8 p.m. kickoff, Kansas 8-4, and four, UNLV 9-4. and four. Kansas is actually a monster favorite in this game at 12-and-a-half. But I don't know. There's something about that UNLV team, man. Uh, could give them a run for the money there. Tickets as low as $44. And I had really Kansas in that one. Ticket prices for this, but $2 has been the lowest by far. Uh, JMAD and Air Force in Fort Worth, Texas is always $8. That's a steal for that game, if we're all being honest there. According to Vivid Seats, take it for what it's worth. You know, that, you know, like I said, take it for what it's worth. There's only two games under 10 bucks. JMAD and uh, Air Force, and Bowling Green in Minnesota, but it's one o'clock on a Tuesday, so I don't know, two bucks if you're in the Detroit area. I mean, sure, why not? You got the day off uh, work. Go uh, have fun. Enjoy a college football bowl game. Checking out these ticket prices. They got high, actually, a little bit. Starting to get uh, some good teams there. Virginia, but the day kicks off Wednesday, December 27th at one o'clock. Annapolis, Maryland has the Military Bowl presented by GoalBowling.com. Virginia Tech, 6-6. Six and six. Tulane, 11-2. and two. Uh, Vegas must know something that the records don't show in this one because Tulane is 10.5-point dogs Oof. despite their 11 wins. And the, once again, Military Bowl presented by GoalBowling.com. I got Tulane in that one. I got to go with Tulane on that one. I thought you were interjecting. Oh, nope. Sorry. Uh, that was all I was going to say. The 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 score line there, I'm a 10 dog, 10 point dog. I don't like that for Tulane. That's, they must know something. I mean, Virginia Tech is tough, but give me Tulane. Keep her going. Then we go to 4.30 on, Tuesday, or, uh, on Wednesday, our last day of the bowl coverage for this. Next week is going to be great. We're going to have all these bowls to talk about. We're going to have the last bit of bowl season. Uh, 4.30 sees 8-4 and four North Carolina against 8-4 and four West Virginia in one of the most questionable uh, bowls, the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. West Virginia being six-and-a-half-point favorites. Tickets as low as $76. Apparently, that's the game of the day. Uh, for that one there. And then the 7 o'clock game, number 15, Louisville, 10-3, and three, takes on USC 7-5 and five in the DirecTV Holiday Bowl, played in Petco Park down in San Diego, California. Uh, Louisville, 7.5-point favorites in uh, that one. And then finally, the last bowl for this podcast, at least, 
The 8 o'clock kickoff on Wednesday, a week from today, has Texas A&M 7-5, taking on number 20, Oklahoma State 9-4, and in the Attacks at Texas Bowl. And Texas A&M, being the you know home team there, gets the nod at two-point favorites. And that sets us up where we'll kick off next time on this uh, podcast for talking about Bulls on the 28th, Thursday, December 28th. We'll have a whole rundown of these uh, bowl games. Like I said, a lot of people overlook them, but we've already seen some. I mean, you had a 28-point comeback, an overtime win for Western Kentucky. Uh, you had the Raging Cajuns score three defensive touchdowns and lose it overtime. Uh, to Jacksonville State. You had a game where the teams combined for under 25 points in App State and Miami of Ohio. You know, there's been some pretty good ones. Florida A&M came back from 14 down. Really, Ohio, Fresno State, and UCLA are the only ones that were, uh, well, Texas Tech too, I guess, that were uh, pretty much non-competitive. So that's a look at bowl season. You love to see it. But, I mean, a $2 game in Detroit that's, that's incredible. It doesn't get I think much I'm better more than that. In all honesty, a Saturday afternoon in Fort Worth, Texas, to see J Mad play Air Force is eight bucks. That's insane. Honestly, yeah, it's Christmas weekend, but come on, that's well, surprisingly low. And to me, the the one thing that's going to be, I, I truly want to see if this is how it goes. I want to see James Madison fans just show out. I want to see. Dukes fans going nuts. Like, James Madison needs to just blow this whole entire thing out of proportion. They need to be be there. They need to be obnoxious. Be respectful, but be obnoxious. But seriously, though, like, it, it's cool to see that. And honestly, $8 for that? Dude, your flight down there is costing probably two to three times, if not four, four times as much. And then... A hotel stay, or if you're just taking the red eye and going back, because it is a 2:30 game, so you can get back to the airport in Fort Worth. So yeah, I mean, for eight bucks, you can make the drive the night before and go down and have some fun. But oh, college football has just become bull mania, and I love every bit about it. Yeah, I'm definitely right there with you. And, you know, like I said, we'll pick up bowl games Thursday, December 28th, Friday, December 29th, Saturday, December 30th, and then the New Year's Six, and then the National Championship. And we'll talk about the New Year's Six. I mean, there's some there's some interesting ones there. But we're going to tease that for next time because, like I said, we got to give these bowl games, the early bowl games, some spotlight. Hell yeah. As, uh, like, I, like I said, there's some doozies of names in there that you just go, that, that's, that's half of the entertainment of the first collection of bowl games, if we're all being real. Uh, there's, uh, like, the Military Bowl presented by GoBowling.com. It's just like I would have listened to that. I would have watched that game just to see how many times they have to put into their broadcast. You're watching the military bowl presented by GoBowling.com. Like seriously though, like, the military bowl and the arm, the armed forces bowl and the military bowl can't be presented by like the armed forces or the military. 
You can't get. You can't seriously just say the armed forces present this bull. You have to go get somebody else to do it. Like, good lord. Apparently, and so gobowling.com. Oh no! Here we go. Literally. All right. Where's this thing? I don't know. Come. I gotta Google this so, now because this is gonna be win free. Why can win free bowling for a year at that military bowl? Wow, all I got to do to enter is first name, last name, email, and birthday. All right, well, that's interesting. What the hell is this? Let's see. I got to find the center. Well, you know, we went going down a rabbit hole now. Um, <laughs> we went from talking about football. Yeah, it's not even 25 miles from my location. Let's go. Um, find a location. I don't do it either. Here, we'll look up Winterset, Iowa. They do. They've got one in good old Sanborn, Iowa. What? GoBowling.com. That's insanity. Dude, really? This is... This is nuts, man. There's a web... There's like literally a website and an app for everything. Here, I gotta... Okay, so here's fun. I have to... Because of the town that I'm at, I have to go outside of 50 miles to find a center, and I can't even do that within 50 freaking miles of this place. Just unreal. This this website sucks. I'm boycotting this website now. Canceled. Well, Done. I'm on the opposite Bye. side because so I looked at Fort Dodge. There is uh, six, five locations within 50 miles of Fort Dodge, including – the Family Bowling Center in Fort Dodge, Sundance Lanes in Humboldt, Spare Time Lanes and Lounge in Jefferson, Iowa, Perfect Games Inc. in Ames, and Tiger Bowl in Madrid, Iowa. Well, there you go. That's uh, this is bullshit. That turned out to be actually more interesting than I thought. This is bullshit. So, there you go. Bowling.com. Shout what the out. Hell? There's no, like, literally not even a bowling alley in Des Moines it's going to pick up. Like, West Des Moines, it's not even going to pick up spare time. Really? Honestly, I got gypped. feel like Florida State right well, now. I'm getting left know, out of everything. I don't know what to tell you. Cause it's, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I'll figure it out. I'll go bowling somewhere else. I won't use gobowling.com. I didn't know that was even a thing until. To be honest, some of the t- like some of the times I look at these bowl games and I'm like, okay, what is this sponsor? And then you have to look it up. Oh, it's just ridiculous. They're they're getting too too many bowls. What was the? Wasn't it the corn dog bowl, the Hessen Farms corn dog bowl or whatever the heck it was like four or five years ago? I don't know. Sounds about right. Yeah. Like what the hell? Like a corn dog place is gonna like a corn dog company is gonna get a TV time for a bowl game. It's literally whoever can pay the mo- the NCAA the most money. Which honestly, if whatever pays the NCAA money is gonna get into anything they want. Let's be real here. Sorry, that I do have to tease two bowl games for next Thursday. Do it. I'm not gonna tell you who's in them. But I'll tell you the the names of the bowls. All right. The two bowls we're teasing: Pop Tarts Bowl and the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. 
I talked about the Pop-Tarts Bowl on the podcast that we split, and I'm like, dude, I'm here for this one. I love Pop-Tarts, so give me Pop-Tarts. So there you go. That's the two bowls uh, that we'll talk about. And with that, I mean, I don't have much to add uh, to the good old football discussion. We'll get into more of the uh, bowls. We'll recap some bowls. Like I said, Saturday is a slate to watch. One more time, uh, we're talking ABC, ESPN mostly, ESPN Plus if that's your forte, which, you know, yours truly has. It's solid for what it is. Uh, bowl games starting, again, running through this one more time. You don't get all the great bowl names because that would take too long. 11 o'clock, Troy and Duke, Arkansas State, Northern Illinois, 2.30. J-Mad takes on Air Force. Georgia State, Utah State, 6 o'clock, Southern Alabama and Eastern Michigan, 6.30, Utah and Northwestern, and 9.30, Coastal Carolina, San Jose State. Great slate for Saturday football coming up on the 23rd, and that just ahead of the uh, Christmas holiday coming up as well. So should be a set up for a good weekend. So there you go. And with that, I mean, do we want to do we want to leave the the special segment for the end of, uh, or we can start off with the the special segment of of next week? Unless, did you do your wrapped already? I was waiting to hopefully get you on the show for doing our our wrap breakdowns. But first, I want to talk about some top twenty five games uh, for March March Madness. We're not quite there yet, but basketball. We're way off on that one. I'll just blaze through some quick games. I'm not going to give you any stat lines or nothing. I'm just going to talk about top 25 even. That's how quick we're going. Uh, <clears throat> there it is. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> the coughing attack is here. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. He's dying. <laughs> Holy shit. Right, well, you know, we're going to need some good editing skills. Cause <clears throat> yeah, I knew it was coming. It's been coming all podcast, and there it was. Oh my goodness! Rip to you for having to listen to that. <laughs> That's the ASMR so nobody needed. Still here, uh, you know. You might want when you're editing it. You might want to turn it down because I mean, this. I don't know how sensitive this mic is because the the headset's not good. But I was, anyway, I was laughing over most of it, so you, I think you're okay. <laughs> I'm glad my uh, I'm glad my misery is amusing to you. Uh, top 25 games played today on the 20th. Number 21, Duke beats number 10, Baylor 78-70. Seton Hall upsets UConn and takes it to them. 75-60, Villanova beats number 12, Creighton 68-66. UNC number 11 beats uh, Oklahoma 81-69. Gonzaga number 15 puts 100 up on Jackson State. 100-76. Uh, games... Yesterday, uh, number 20, James Madison beat Coppin State's 87-48. Providence thumped Marquette. That's a weird one. Uh, Providence winning 72-57. Ole Miss, number 25, beat Troy uh, 74-53. And number 23, Memphis thumped number 22, Virginia 77-54. Games coming up tomorrow. Uh, Number 9, Kentucky is at Louisville. Number one, Purdue hosts Jacksonville. Number eight, Tennessee hosts Tarleton State. And number three, Houston hosts Texas State. Not a lot of great games. 
Um, top 25 wise until, well, the near future. So there's that. And that's our quick look at the good old NCAA. I want to say March Madness again, but just regular old basketball. Pre, Pre-March Madness. Pre-Pre-March Madness. It's not even conference ball yet. Well, you know, I'm just excited for it. So. I, how can you not be excited for March Madness? I mean, I get excited about it just talk, like just sitting here talking about it. I'm, my blood's already boiling. Like, I'm, I'm ready to lose brackets already, man. Well, there you go. I don't think I've ever, now that I think about this, and this is way off topic on just like, how time, like how far away it is time wise? I don't think I've ever had a season of March Madness where I've started with a perfect bracket. I mean, I've been like five off, like that's I think been my closest, but I have never started off like a day per like the first day perfect. Like, and I mean, and that's well, still that's it's ridiculous. I mean, if you start off a day perfect in March Madness and go through to the next day, or if you even get through the first round perfect. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, I want to meet you. I want to know if you're guessing or if you actually know your shit. Because that's impressive. Dead air. Well, are we going to... Are we going to save our wrapped and we can start that for the next episode as we're an hour and 30 minutes into this podcast? Or do we want to try to break her down, huh? Well, that's up to you. I mean, I've got it in front of me to break down if you want. Otherwise, you're going and hold off till next episode. You know, it's it's your call. You know what? We still got time because we can we can tease this because this will be the big segment for next next episode. I think everybody's had some fun with our good old connection issues, but we got a couple of big episodes coming up. As everybody knows, we love to break down our raps, Spotify style. If you haven't seen them on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter, go check yourself out. We'll make sure we post everybody's Spotify raps on the next one. I believe JC has his out on those, but we'll post everybody's by that time before the year ends. But also, guys, we got the end of the year show that we do the best of the covert show year. And trust me, this one might have a big segment in it just because we find like I was telling everybody at the introduction of this show. I'm like, if you guys think that we deal with connection issues and we're just BSing you. It's not it's not BS. I mean, we are completely like this is what we deal with on a weekly basis and it's not our fault. <laughs> we try so hard to get like get everything matched up and just something continues to go completely sideways out of left field and we just have to roll with it. And I think personally, we do a fantastic job. I mean, shit, last week we thought on the fly, "Hey, let's just split the episode in two, do it." And then we said Today, we're just going to roll with it. And honestly, I think it's worked pretty well so far, if I do say so myself. I mean, I can't argue with it. I mean, I think the thing, and we'll talk about it more in the coming episode uh, next week, and then probably in some sort of intro into the uh, covert show, uh, best of. But I mean, this year we've done better. I, th- I have to go back and count uh, how many shows we've done this year, but it feels like we've done more shows this year than we did last year. So consistency's a little bit better. So you know, shout out for that. But yeah, well, we'll have a full breakdown for that either in the next show or uh, probably as part of the 
intro into the best of, but yeah, you look forward to the best of hopefully before new year's day. Normally we try to put it out on uh, uh, new year's Eve as uh, it does take a lot of editing uh, on our behalf, but uh, we'll definitely get that out there. And then like Nick said, we got one more next week and then, uh, well, it'll be 2024 before we know it. So there you go. 20. Think about that though, before we head off here, I was talking with my coworker, This year has flown by so fast. I mean, we got to December, and it felt like yesterday. It just—it was like just February, or it just turned 2023. And I have nothing to attribute to it. Like, I don't know what would be the cause of that, besides maybe like you start really finding your way into your work, or you start finding your way through life, and just kind of like enjoying the little bumps and bumps and valleys that it gives you. But I mean. It's it's one of those things of this year honestly has been one of the fastest years of my life. Like not to not to just kind of go down that rabbit hole of my philosophy talk, but it's like I I don't know what it is, but 2024 is coming up here. Christmas is coming up in a couple of days. So I mean, it it's just it's beyond wild, man. Time flies when you're having fun. Amen to that. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, folks, unless JC has anything else to add. Which I do not. I think we will let you guys go for this episode. If you guys made it, because we always got to put this out for the people that make it to the end if they do. If you've made it to the full hour and probably 38 minutes by the time this exit is up, we'll see. If you guys have made it to this, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys grinding with us and being there because we are wacky. We do have fun, and we do have some issues. But you know what? We do it for you guys. We do it for our own doing to get this mental just dumpster fire out of our heads, and we come here and we do it for you. So, And we have we have some cold brewskis while we do it because we are having some beers with the boys. But anyhow, we hope that your families have a very Merry Christmas. A very happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, holidays. We hope it it all goes well. We hope your new year kicks off well, even though we'll get to that later next episode. But we are officially out for the second to last episode of 2023. We'll see y'all later.